Um, in this first episode, I'm going to talk about my story, my background, um, how I got from where I was several years ago to where I am now as an entrepreneur, as a father, and as a husband. And uh, hopefully you find some type of value in this story, whether it's you know something educational, uh, probably not, maybe just background noise, maybe just uh, some form of entertainment while you're on a road trip or commuting to work, or you know maybe it's on your... Uh, on your headphones at the gym or something like that. Um, regardless, I appreciate you checking this out. And uh, I'm glad because that means that this podcast, you know, eventually turned into something, um, which is kind of amazing to me. So um, I'm going to start in 2009. That's the year that my son was born. And I like to kind of start my my story in that year, although Prior to 2009, um, I actually was very entrepreneurial. I was a, a DJ, um, a hip hop DJ, and I was completely obsessed with rap music as a, a, a young um, kid growing up through the 80s and 90s. Um, I lived hip hop. And uh, when I moved from rural Oregon, Eastern Oregon, to Portland to attend college at Portland State University, I met some great people that introduced me to the world of, of DJing and uh, promotion. And uh, I just fell in love with it. And that was my life for about 10 plus years. I was a, a very focused DJ. I ended up touring. Um, I saw a few countries in Europe. I saw a lot of the United States because of my DJ career. I had a full-time job, basically, uh, well, gig, I guess, as a, a radio DJ every day, DJing for what they called the traffic jam, where I would mix records um, during people's commute home from work. And um, also found uh, a pretty, I guess, high level of success in the clubs in and around Portland, Oregon. Um, I started a business as well, uh, kind of a side hustle during that time where um, we as a company promoted uh, big concerts as well as smaller concerts like the Warp Tour and then also local concerts and we got paid for that. So it was street promotion. Basically, uh, we took um, concert posters and flyers and just plastered them all over the city to try to promote um, you know the the music to people that were out and about so that they would come to to those events and um, I made good enough money for myself as a you know single guy um, but then I was confronted by a new situation I found out I was going to be a father and I was probably at the time the most unprepared future father in the history of um, fatherhood, or at least I felt like it. So um, I kind of, you know, I took a self-assessment and I looked at my lifestyle. I looked at my income. Um, and then I also kind of, you know, I got scared, honestly. I, I looked at the way that I was living and compared it to what I thought a father should be. And those two things didn't match up for me, at least in my head. So um, I immediately 
gave up on my uh, DJ career um, and went out and tried to find a job to try to take care of my future child. Um, if you recall 2009, 2008, that kind of 08, 09, 2010, that uh, period of time, we were in a pretty deep recession and employment opportunities just weren't really out there. So um, I didn't line up a job before quitting DJing, which was a mistake. And I didn't have any form of income for a few months while I tried to figure out where I was going to work. In that time, my car got repossessed and I fell way behind on my bills. I was That was a, a really um, kind of a, a low point. Um, and I was, you know, I was nervous because I had a, a baby on the way, no income, we're in a recession, and I just, you know, basically abandoned a career and a dream that I had been working on for about 10 years up until that point that had taken me all over the world. And uh, most of my kind of social circle was involved in that, um, you know, in the, in the music industry as well. So that um, was kind of a low point, but I did managed to find a job um, as a salesperson. I had no previous sales experience outside of retail sales. Um, in college, I worked for Foot Locker in Portland and San Diego, but retail sales selling sneakers and um, you know uh, the other type of, of sales wasn't wasn't really the same thing. So um, no knock on retail sales at all. I think there's there's definite skills um, in retail sales, uh, but <clears throat> the uh, the opportunity that I was given was with an internet service provider, and it was more of an outside sales position. Um, there's a guy named Sean who uh, worked for this internet service provider, and he invited me in for an interview. Um, I, you know, yeah, I, again, I didn't have any sales experience. So I just went to this interview and he took a chance on, on me, um, just after about maybe 15, 20 minutes of talking to me, he handed me, uh, kind of like the movies, he handed me a brochure and he said, here, you know, pitch this to me. How would you sell this? And I struggled through that sales pitch and he looked at me and he said, you know, you're going to need some coaching. You're going to need some, some work. But I think that you have what it takes to eventually be an okay salesperson. So he rolled the dice on me, and I went to work for him. And um, I ended up busting my ass. I worked about 60, 70, 80 hour weeks, somewhere in the, like, I think it was on average, it was probably about 65, 70 hours a week. But some weeks it would be closer to 80 to hit quota. This internet service provider. Um, internet company basically uh, was very aggressive with their sales and the quotas that we had were through the roof. So I spent all day and most of the night um, knocking on doors, uh, going to um, you know, local events and areas, strip malls, you know, places like this and setting up and, and really just um, chasing people down and starting conversations with them. I really didn't have like a sales acumen or any 
sales techniques <laughs> at this point in my career. I just started conversations with people and was genuine and they would buy from me. I think mostly it was you know pity sales that I was getting. But um, I, at that point in time, I needed the money um, and I needed to keep this job because this is all I had. And those pity sales, um, you know, I, I would take them all day. So I ended up being one of the top reps in the company, and I continued to hustle. Um, the problem was is that uh, mentally and physically, I was in a really dark place. So you know, I was working way too too much, too long. Um, the money was good, but it wasn't great. And uh, I felt myself falling into a depression. One of the things about me is that, you know, when I, when I neglect my physical conditioning and my, um, you know, health and, or my fitness, I, I, I neglect all of my health. So um, I was rewarding myself uh, in the times when I wasn't working with really bad food, junk food, um, I was drinking like energy drinks and I was also drinking alcohol in the evenings and, you know, waking up the next day with a, a headache and then eating a donut or some, you know, bullshit and, and going to work and, and being completely stressed with this sales job and, and high quotas. Um, and, uh, I got, I got fat, I got fat, very depressed during this point in time in my life. And I, I didn't really see much of a way out other than I tied my happiness, my future happiness to more income. And the only way that I knew how to get more income at that point in time, uh, or the only way that I thought I would get there was to keep selling, keep pushing, um, keep working hard, just outwork people, uh, spend more time on the job. If the job requires most people to, uh, you know, work eight hours a day, I would work twelve hours a day just to ensure that I was, you know, the top um, salesperson. And and that worked for me. I mean, professionally, it it, it got me to, um, you know, hit these crazy sales numbers for this really crazy internet service provider that I don't even think is around anymore. Um, but uh, you know the the sacrifices that I made personally, I don't think were worth it in retrospect. Um, I worked there for about three years, and then I was recruited by a wireless company that is one of the the big four um, wireless providers. So basically, cell phones is what I was selling. But um, in that transition, I went from selling internet service to uh, consumers to now I was going to sell wireless service and um, cell phones and cell phone plans to small businesses. So that was definitely a transition. What I thought that I would get there in addition to the, the much higher salary, which is offered, which was great, was I was going to, I thought that I would be getting my evenings and weekends back because businesses typically, you know, um, aren't really operating on the weekends. I thought, um, obviously with small business, small businesses are always open. So what I found out was, um, it's a, you know, it was another seven day a week job to, um, to hit the sales numbers that I wanted to hit. And I did really, really well in that position. Um, I was one of the top, uh, sales reps in this small business department in the entire country. Um, I felt like I was making progress financially, 
But again, the thing that was dragging me down was I was sacrificing uh, everything in my life for money. By this point in time, I had already uh, my son's my son was born, obviously, but my son's mother and I had a falling out while I was working for the internet service provider, my previous job, and we broke up. So now here I am. I'm 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 single. I'm fat, <laughs> lonely, depressed, and I'm I'm just that you know typical uh, American worker that um, you know just drags themselves to work every day, pushes really hard, and then rewards themselves when they can with terrible food and uh, laziness. Uh, when they take their foot off the gas. And that was the cycle that I was in, just around and around and around. And I think I got up to about 245 pounds at my heaviest. Uh, <laughs> for me, that's, that's you know, really heavy. I'm a big guy anyway, but, um, you know, I was, car- a lot of that weight was, you know, fat and just being out of shape. It, w- it wasn't, you know, a t- it wasn't a muscular um, 245 pounds at the time. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, I um, f- continued to have success as a small business rep. Um, I was offered a job, uh, a promotion, uh, a, new, a new position with a, another department, which was still in sales, but they were focused more on mid-market businesses. So mid-market with this company was companies that uh, had 250 up to about a thousand employees and that business segment, um, you know, if you can do well selling to that business segment, you are going to be paid pretty damn well. So I saw that as, as a big time advancement. Uh, the problem was, you know, sales leadership, my manager at the time was a real asshole and he didn't really take the time to help develop me in that promotion, he he really just kind of d- drove me as hard as he could. And um, that, uh, coupled with the fact that I wasn't taking care of myself, um, also coupled with the fact that I was now suffering from sciatica, which is uh, for the people that are out there who have ever experienced sciatica, you know that that's, you know, a really painful um uh, you know, chronic pain that, that that you can have. Basically, it's sciatica is is a, a nerve issue. The sciatic nerve wraps around your spine in your low back, and it runs down your legs. And the reason that I had sciatica, I believe, is due to some old football injuries from high school to my back. Um, and then when I got really heavy the added weight on my frame basically was pressing down on the sciatic nerve. So this sciatica would uh, basically come out of <laughs> out of nowhere and take me out for a couple of days. I mean, I would work through it, but then in the evenings, I would self-medicate with alcohol mostly and uh, try to numb that pain. Um, just really just all around just dumb shit. Like I was not taking care of myself, not listening to other people. I was lonely. I was depressed. I was fulfilling my duties as a father. I have a great relationship with my son and I always have, and I always will, um, hopefully. But, um, I had, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself. So, um, I had sciatica, 
I had this terrible boss. I was making good money though. For whatever reason, when times are really hard, I'm, I do have this ability to, um, to focus on, on one thing, whatever I feel like is the most important thing. And at that point it was money. So I kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing, made a good amount of money. Um, actually made, uh, enough that I was able to put aside a good chunk of, of money for a down payment on a house. Um, so I bought a house in Southeast Portland, not a, you know, this, it was a starter house. It was very, very modest, but for me, um, you know, that was, that was a step in the right direction. And I felt positive about buying a house. Um, then I, I got burned out and hit a wall again. And this time I couldn't get out. Um, too many things going on, too much negativity, uh, too much depression, um, not enough self-esteem, and I hit that 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 wall that I just I couldn't get over in life, and um, was completely burned out, and decided to look for other employment opportunities outside of sales. That's when a guy who was a former coworker of mine at this wireless provider who was actually laid off in a restructuring. Um, he took a severance a couple of years before and um, went out on his own and started a recruiting agency, which I thought was pretty cool. I didn't even know much about recruiting or recruiting agencies at all. So I, you know, I thought it was a crazy thing for him to do at the time. But then when I was in transition again and, and you know, this, I was confronted with this wall um, in my career, he stepped up and he said, hey, man, um, I recruit mostly salespeople. I have about 10 employees and we're crushing it. And I think you do really well as a recruiter. So um, I believed him and I took that, uh, that job. It was a huge step back on compensation, at least, you know, base salary was, was, uh, was really low. I mean, almost to the point that I, I couldn't accept at, you know, it wasn't enough to, to cover all of my bills, but, um, I did take the job and I believed him and he was right. I, I ended up, uh, taking to recruiting and taking, uh, this recruiting job very seriously and I had a lot of success in it and the great thing for me was now I was outside of the big corporate world and I was working for a small businessman who um, really wasn't much different than me we're about the same age I think he's maybe one year older than me um, we came from a similar professional background, similar education, and he's running this, you know, million-dollar uh, recruiting agency with about ten employees, I, th I think, at the time. And, and he was, I think, we were bringing in a couple million dollars uh, the years that I was there. And I just saw him as being completely successful as an entrepreneur, and it brought back the feelings um, that I had. Some of the the feelings that I had as a DJ where I was, you know, the, the DJ life and the music, um, is in itself, anything creative is very entrepreneurial. Um, you have to make your own opportunities and it's competitive. And that's what I saw 
um, in this recruiting agency owner. And so I busted my ass to learn how to recruit really with the sole intention of becoming an agency owner, which I am now. Um, but uh, it, it didn't happen immediately. So <laughs> I had to learn how to, to, to recruit. I had to learn the foundation of it. And, uh, and I had to work you know, really, really hard just to make my, my ends meet because the compensation plan was, was good, but it was um, not really good enough uh, to measure up to the lifestyle that I was accustomed to because I had been earning a lot more money before. So um, regardless, I was, I was happy in my job. And that was the, the, the trigger, I think, um, was the fact that I was able to get out of this you know, big corporation, big corporate grind and go work for an entrepreneur um, and a businessman, a small businessman. And that triggered me to think that I could do the same thing um, at, at, at some point, not right then, but in the future. Um, and I decided that I was going to need to fix myself. Um, and how it started is is kind of interesting. So I joined one of those big box gyms that had a deal. It was right down the street from my house and and it had a deal for I think either five or ten dollars a month. It was one of those, uh, I won't say the name of the gym, um, but it you know, th- their business model is basically uh, to get everybody and their mother to join at ten dollars a month, knowing that about 80%, maybe even more uh, of those people are not ever really going to go to the gym often. Um, but also at that cost, 5 or $10 a month, whatever it was, um, they're also not going to cancel, right? Like who cancels a $10 a month uh, gym um, plan? You can just kind of keep that open. Uh, it's, it's so inexpensive. But I signed up and I actually went. I was like, okay, well, you know, let's let's try to, you know, one of the things that that um, that I need to fix about myself is uh, I need to see if I can lose some of this weight. So I walked into the gym. I am a former. Uh, I was a high school athlete, um, and I, you know, I grew up in a weight room. I grew up exercising and playing multiple sports, and so I wasn't new to uh, gyms or to the fitness world. But there had been such a huge gap in time that I had really been committed to the gym that walking into this place was a little bit intimidating, um, even for me. And I saw a Stairmaster machine. Uh, They had a few of them. And a Stairmaster, for those who don't know, is basically a treadmill with stairs on it. Uh, It's a big, kind of intimidating-looking machine. But I jumped up on that thing. And I hit the start button and I made it about 10 minutes and I was completely exhausted. My legs were killing me, but, um, I felt really good. Just that cardio workout made me feel like a million dollars. And I went home that night and I told myself, I'm going to go back. I'm, you know, 10 minutes isn't very long. Let's see if we can do 15. And so the next day before work, I went back and I did 15 minutes on this uh, cardio machine, the Stairmaster machine. And I continued to do that. And I was just ratcheting up the time and the speed on this thing um, day after day after day, just incrementally making these small improvements. And my legs got a little bit stronger. I felt like I was losing a little bit of weight. Ultimately, within maybe a month or two, I got up to 
uh, about an hour on this machine that I would be able to, to spend um, uh, in one one session would just be you know one one long cardio session would be an hour on the stair master and I would just plug in my my headphones and listen to music and zone out and um, I felt the pounds starting to come off I think I dropped a pant size or two. It wasn't one of those noticeable transformations where people walk up to you and they're just like, oh my God, what are you doing? You look great. It was nothing like that. It was, um, it was uh, very uh, probably un- unnoticeable to most people change. But to me, I felt like a new person. And also the fact that I was doing this before work um, was giving me all of those like cardio endorphins that people get um, right out of the gate early in the day. And that was powering me through the workday. One thing that I didn't change was my diet. And if I would have, I think I might have experienced uh, much more you know, weight loss. But I kept the shitty diet. I kept you know, going through drive-throughs on the way home and um, really not taking care of myself um, in that way. And I was rewarding myself at the end of the day with like, you know, huge burritos and, and hamburgers and stuff like that. But um, I still had had, you know, this breakthrough as far as, as fitness goes. Um, and that's really all it took. I started to feel much better about myself. I had that self-esteem back. I felt like I could take over the world. And I was in a position where I was working for a small businessman um, in this recruiting agency. And I told myself, okay, let's start, you know, we've made some progress in our physical fitness. Let's make some progress uh, in the rest of our life as well. And um, I decided to, you know what? I didn't, I did make one mistake. I ended up leaving the recruiting agency. I was lured away by a software startup that um, offered me a pretty sizable base salary to go back into sales. And it wasn't selling um, particular product that I was uh, excited about. I wasn't passionate about it. I literally just jumped again. I got, I fell for it basically. I, I, I fell for the money and I jumped into this software, uh, sales job with a startup that was cool. Like the, the people were really, really cool. It was very Portland, um, Portlandy. If you live uh, in the Portland area, you know what I'm talking about. Um, laid back, but, um, it, it, it didn't align with really what I, I wanted to do. So um, I fell for it again, took this salary, and uh, was unhappy again. I felt like I had just kind of screwed myself. I, I realized three months into this job that it, I had made a mistake and I wasn't really going to have success um, selling this, this, uh, this product that I didn't believe in. And... Um, I started to plan my escape and I called a guy that I had worked with at the recruiting agency. He had also moved on to other things in his career. He was working for another recruiting agency in Seattle and we started to make our plan of starting our own recruiting agency. And uh, several months later, um, I put in my 
my notice uh, with the software startup, and I left. And we started the recruiting agency that I, I own um, as of today. Uh, I'm the owner of, of Cohen Partners, um, one of the founders. And um, we, you know, that, that, that was very empowering for me to leave a salary. It was also extremely scary because at this point in time, I still have child support. I still have, you know, bills, credit cards to pay off, so on, so on and so forth. I had a mortgage <laughs> um, and absolutely no income coming in. So the way that I was able to do this, and I, I, I don't know if I recommend this to everybody. Um, I think that there are certain people who will identify with my story and say, hey, I'm going through this too. Um, and maybe this will be the kick in the ass that you need to start a business, and maybe it won't be. Um, maybe you're happy in your job or at least happy enough with the paycheck to keep that going. Either way is, is totally fine. I'm not one of these people that will tell every single person out there that they should become an entrepreneur. That is not the case. I don't think, every, I don't think this lifestyle is for everybody. So during this, this point in time in my life, as I, I decided to uh, make this break and start this business, I was scared and I put my house on the market and thank God I was able to sell my house and walk away with a decent profit from that sale, which I used that money to ramp up and cover my bills in the months and about a year that it took to make uh, a, a decent um, living from being a, a, a business owner. And I, you know, we, we worked really hard to start this business. Um, and every single day was risky and every single day was scary. And we were, you know, I was working from my couch. My business partner was working from his house on the other side of, uh, of town. And, um, there were no guarantees. Uh, we didn't have clients when we started. Uh, I, I take that back. We had a couple of, of, of clients, but we really didn't have, um, anything close to what it was going to take to, uh, to make a living. So we had to go out and, and find the clients. Um, we had to deliver and, um, you know, thank God we, we made it happen. I will say that that break, and uh, that, that break from being an employee to being an entrepreneur, uh, for me, was extremely empowering. When I would wake up in the morning, I felt like a brand new man. Um, alongside that, I became much more dedicated to my health and fitness. I changed my diet um, I got into intermittent fasting um, where I was basically reducing the number of calories that I would uh, uh, eat in a day. I was eating once a day um, and I was uh, just much more conscious when it came to the types of foods that I was putting into my body. I started cooking more. I looked at real foods. I wasn't really going through, you know, Going to restaurants or going through drive-throughs, um, like I like I had before, I was buying food, trying to figure out how to cook it. I, I've never really been a great cook. Um, thank God for my wife right now; she actually is um, a really uh, she's a great cook, 
and um, she takes care of me. But at the time, I was figuring out, you know, the types of foods that um, that I should be eating. So I felt really good there. I became addicted to the gym. In my mind, I connected physical fitness and health and wellness to success in business. And still to this day, I feel like all of those things go hand in hand. I feel like, and and this maybe isn't the case for everybody, but for me, um, the more dedicated that I would get to physical fitness, um, the the more it felt like the success just kind of came to me. I didn't have to work quite as hard to have the same level of success in business. Once I figured out um, that you know, my personal health and, and well-being um, was the most important thing. Um, so if you're listening and, uh, and you're not taking care of yourself, you're not taking care of your, um, your, your fitness, you're falling behind on those things, I'm here to say that you can fix that and it's not just a selfish, uh, you know, um, narcissistic thing that you're doing um, when you fix your health and, and, and you know, spend time in the gym. Uh, for whatever reason, and I can't tell you why this happens, but the more you focus on your mental health, your physical health, and your relationships, the easier making money is. Um, so that's what I'm going to leave you guys. That's where I'm going to leave you guys, uh, at the end of this podcast. I've probably talked way too long. And again, I don't even know what I'm going to do, uh, as far as this podcast goes. I just opened my iPhone and started talking. (laughs) So hopefully there's some sort of inspiration, uh, that comes out of this, maybe some education, Maybe, uh, like I said, this is just the kick in the ass for some of you um, that are sitting on the fence um, to go out there and take those risks or put yourself in position to go out and take the risk. And maybe it's also um, affirmation to some of you who are in a job to stay in that job and and not take these risks. Um, Everybody's different. But for me, um, fixing these things over coming some of those things that were that you know uh getting through the the wall that was there and really breaking through and finding my way back to entrepreneurship um that was about a you know five or five to ten year journey for me and um it's the best thing that ever happened to me so um that's it i'm gonna leave you guys there again my name's ash i'm the founder of brilliant gorilla this is the